0: In a foreign field he lay, lonely soldier, unknown grave. On his dying words he prays, tell the world of Passion Dale.
1: You! Yes, you! It's about to start! Welcome to episode 26 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, coming to you during the Maiden August extravaganza. Well, it's not extravagant, but but you know what I mean. Yeah. I hope that all is well in your world as you hear this, and today you are getting installment three of Iron Maiden Stories. And what you are hearing is going to be part one of installment three. This week, I talked to Eric in South Carolina. He's got a very unique perspective that was fun to hear about. And we do get a bit heavy, too. So I'm not one to get serious too often, but I just had to for a little bit. It is a very enjoyable conversation. I hope you like it.
0: Living,
1: Okay, before I get too far here, let me thank all of those that shared the surprise episode, the best of the worst of Fear of the Dark. And it just came out twelve hours ago or so, so there's not a lot of people to thank so far, but let's get to it. I'd like to thank you, Mr. James Fraser from New Zealand, Andrew Whitnall, who resides in Australia and Steve in Oregon, as well as Eddie from Iron Maiden. They all shared the episode on Twitter and on Facebook. I'd like to thank Michael Blair from Grandview, Texas, and Joel Hebensberger from Guthrie, Oklahoma, a town famous for its late 19th and early 20th century commercial architecture. (laughs) All right, so without any further ado, let's get right to it. if you remember back in May, I had some Iron Maiden fans that came on and told their story of how they got into the band. Well, today I've got another fan that wants to tell his story and talk some Maiden, so I'm down for that. So Now, also, there's a big difference in him and myself and the other folks that I've had on because so far he's from a totally different generation than me, so uh, I think I'm old enough to be his dad, actually. So, (laughs) So I've got Eric on the line. Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, man, what's up? No, oh, not much, man. And you are, uh, you are in South Carolina, correct?
2: Yep, yeah, in Charleston.
1: Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, now, uh, I'm going to ask you a little, well, first of all, tell me about yourself just a little bit. How old are you? Because uh, that's, I, I kind of find that fascinating because your age group is not, I don't see a whole <laughs> lot of that. So, how old are you off of the bat?
2: Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm 26.
1: Okay, and, um, and you're a fireman, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm a fireman with the uh, with the city of Charleston, and uh, I've been doing that for just over a year now, probably a year and a half. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps active duty before that, oh, so wow. it was a it was a little bit of a transition, but not that bad. And I'm here now.
1: Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, I thought it was pretty cool uh, when you know you you emailed me and you told me a little bit about how you got into maiden, and of course, like you're a you're a probably I don't know if they would call it two generations down from me because I got into maiden. Uh, I graduated high school in 1990. And I, if I'm if I figure right, I think that's before you were born.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was born in 94. So
1: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I think I figured this out, and I thought you were you. Uh, I thought okay, if he was born in 94, that's the year Blaze Bailey got into the band. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. okay. Well, how about this? Tell me how you got into Iron Maiden. How did you get into Iron Maiden? What was the introduction for you?
2: So I was thinking about this earlier. So I can remember the first time. I actually heard iron Maiden, but i didn't know who it was it was back in i want to say 2005 uh me and my mom we were just flipping through the tv and then an mtv um popped up and it just so happened to have run to the hills the music video playing and you know 2005 i was It was two, yeah, 2005. I was probably about 10 or a little bit younger. And, you know, the music video is playing and it's kind of, it's kind of a little cheesy on the cheesy end side of uh, (laughs) music videos. And uh, me and my mom are just kind of laughing, like, wow, this is, this sounds a little bit different. And the music video is kind of funny. And we watched for like 10 seconds and then changed the channel. But it wasn't until about 2008, 2009 when I think it, one of, I think the Trooper may have been in maybe like, was it guitar hero or rock band? And then I remember that was also around the year they were doing the flight six, six. And, uh, I saw that on TV and I was like, Oh, this is awesome.
1: <laughs> that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. And, and, then, and you're like, right. You're right. The, uh, the video for run to the Hills, you know, it's got all the, with the cheesy, uh, Indians and stuff running mm-hmm. around and all that. So, or I should call them the Redskins because it says
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> chasing the Redskins. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, that's cool. Um, so, okay, so you see, uh, you heard the Flight 666, you uh, you saw a little bit of Run to the Hills. Now, you told me that you had some friends that were in school that were also in the maiden that kind of helped you get into it, and, and an older brother, right?
2: Yes. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, they were in, I mean, you know, you're freshman year in high school, and you're just kind of listening to a little bit of everything, and also, I think some of my friends were listening to stuff that they knew that may get them a little bit popular with, like, the older kids, so... I remember like that was kind of the thing to wear like a maiden shirt for a while in like 2008 and stuff. But I mean, I was the only one who I would say around sophomore year actually took like a deep dive in the band and they were already listening to like, wait, you know, probably yet like, your 2000 or early 2000s, hardcore and stuff like that. So they kind of switched it up while I actually decided to listen to the band more than just look like I would, you know, would listen to the band. And, um, <laughs> my older brother, he's probably about four to five years older than me. So he also, um, I think we started listening to Maiden a little bit together, but he had, I guess, a better access to the music and stuff because he was a little bit older and he was a little bit better at, you know, using computers and the internet at the time. So with his help, I was able to definitely start, uh, listening to, I get more maiden, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So before you, uh,
1: before you were getting into maiden were there were there any other bands that were rock bands that you felt like kind of maybe got you on the path of thinking you know because a lot of people you can't just go from pop rock to iron maiden all of a sudden is there anything that you felt like that kind of got you in between
2: yeah so i was thinking about that earlier today too and um I, back back then in you know two thousand eight two thousand nine I was listening to like a lot he- way heavier stuff than Iron Maiden. I mean I was listening to bands like uh, Lamb of God and uh, Devil Driver and some like the more ba- metalcore bands like uh, As Blood Runs back, Black and all these other like smaller bands. But I think the visual effect of Iron Maiden was probably what drew me in first. And I I grew up listening to um, a lot of old school or older uh, heavy metal. Uh, like Guns N' Roses and, I mean, dare I say, Motley Crue? I'd say their first two albums were probably, the, you know, their highlight of their career. Sure. <laughs> Even sure. Even though I've seen them like live twice, but um, <laughs> so I'd always had a good mix of like some of the old school and like the mo- more new heavier stuff, but uh, I don't know, it was something with Maiden it kind of stuck, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'll say um, you mentioned the uh, the artwork and how you kind of saw that and it kind of drew you in, and I, I can remember when I was a lot younger and I don't know how much of my history you've heard on any of my podcasts, but I, when I first saw the, you know, I used to listen to say kiss and wasp Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So, you know, it was kind of more the lighter hard rock stuff. Well, compared to iron maiden and Mm -hmm. when I used to look at the pictures and I'd see that and I was just, I don't know. Cause when I look at, if you go look around at, at, a lot of bands nowadays that have you know kind of I guess what you might consider and and their artwork is pretty tame compared to what a lot of the other bands do nowadays but I guess I just thought it would just be somewhat cartoonishy or either that or just way too heavy for me I I, Mm -hmm. I really just thought "Eh, that's not for me and until I had a guy that I was arguing on the bus with him about you know who was a better bass player between Steve Harris and the Bass player for Wasp, which
2: oh, I remember that story. Yeah, you said uh, Blackie Lawless was. Bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 I
1: had never heard Iron Maid and I just yeah. I just liked Wasp, and so I was like, uh, you know, arguing with him, and he's like, I, I I don't know. He just ended up bringing me a, a cassette to school the next hmm. day, and I listened to it, and it was really in bad condition. But I remember getting Flight of Icarus out of it, and kind of going, mm-hmm. Wow, this this is this is something I you know this is actually accessible. So Yeah, yeah. so uh, so um, let's see here. What was the first, okay? So you get into Iron Maiden. What's the yep. first album that really, when you start doing your deep dive, was there an album that one album that you listened to that just really you were like, oh my gosh, and you really just uh, gravitated toward?
2: So, I'm trying to think, kind of like how you were with Live After Death, I'd say the the Flight Six Six, Psych Six Six. Yeah, there we go. Uh, album <laughs> was probably like the first one I started really heavily listening to which is really just, you know, the modern version of Live After Death. Um, And then I think around 2010 was when they released Final Frontier. And I was just, I was so, I just didn't know timelines. I didn't know they changed their sound because when I first listened to them, they were playing their stuff from the 80s. So when I heard Final Frontier initially, you know, I'm probably 15, 16. I'm like, what is this? Like, this isn't Iron Maiden. (laughs) Because I had no idea that, you know, the history of the band or that they changed their sound to that and they've been sure playing music like that for you know ten years now at the point. So I was so con- caught off. Um so I probably started I went straight to Power Slave because I love the Egyptian artwork from six 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 and then um went down to to Beast and then I went all the way up to fear of the dark um and then I went back down to the first two albums. And then I kind of I kind of I skipped the Blaze albums and then I slowly made my way from uh, near 2000, all the way back up to Final Frontiers at the time. So I kind of bounced around a lot. And then it was kind of funny because my older brother liked more of the, the newer sound because he's a big dream theater fan. So he likes more of the prog stuff. Sure. And uh, I like more like the faster up tempo, a little bit heavier sounding. So I was bigger in the 80s stuff uh, at the time. So that's kind of how it all started, uh, with Flight Six 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 and then uh Final Frontier. That's that's
1: really interesting because I okay, I got into Maiden in the mid eighties and or I say, yeah, it's mid eighties, and I went through and, and around probably I remember being into them until the X Factor came out and I was just kind of shifting and mm-hmm. I ended up not listening to them for a long time, but I remember getting into them in the two thousands at some point. Cause I remember hearing, I saw the brave new world tour. Um, yep. I remember hearing a dance of death a little bit and I didn't really, you know, I heard, uh, wildest dreams, didn't really care for it too much. I don't know. I was just really finicky, I guess. Quick, quick to judge uh-huh. maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: That one, I just kind of was like, well, eh. and then I remember hearing, uh, what was it? A matter of life and death. And I remember listening to that and actually enjoying that album. Mm hmm. And then, but it wasn't like I, it didn't just pull me so hard back in at that point. Then I listened. I remember hearing the Final Frontier, and I can remember hearing uh, the 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 intro, the um uh, the Satellite Fifteen oh, yeah. intro, and mm-hmm. thinking, I was like, "What what happened to these guys? I, I this <laughs> is really, it's really. I've never heard anyone say that the way you just said it. So I was like, uh, I I thought, well, I guess they're just kind of, you know, maybe they have. There, you know, there's a lot of bands that'll have a good, uh, you know, a really great album,
2: mm-hmm. and then they'll
1: have one that, you know, some, eh, I don't like it quite as much, this or that. So, and then at some point, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go back and, and I started. I don't know if I started with Brave New World or whatever, but I, I just started listening to the older albums and I gave them all a chance. I gave mm-hmm. Dance of Death a chance and I gave the Final Frontier and went all the way through them and I'm just like, oh my gosh, these are just. <laughs> you realize where you lose it, you you know, you think, oh man, I I dropped the ball here.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the post 2000 albums have a lot of hits, but I feel like not necessarily that I don't want to say, well, no, I'm going to say it. I think a band that's been around so long, like Iron Maiden or Kiss or Priest, you have like your your deep dive fans, but then you kind of have like those elitist fans who become snobby. And I think some of the snobbier fans push aside the the post 2000 albums because it's it's there, you know, they're not playing power slave style music. Oh,
1: very much so. I, 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 uh, well, you, you, you had told me the recently, you said you were listening to my, um, the Iron Maiden stories. And I know I listened to them again just last night. Cause I was like, I want to make sure I try to catch, you know, the same vibe that I had on that. Mm-hmm. Cause, I, Cause you know, I don't, you, you rec- I recorded the podcast and I don't always remember it. Like people will say something about it. Like, Oh, I can't really remember what I say <laughs> yeah. down there. I was listening to where was I going with that? <laughs> I was listening to it though and I oh man, I lost myself completely. Um
2: I think we're we were talking about like snobby fans. Oh and, yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Disregarding so, okay, thank the newer you. stuff. Yeah, and I, I when I listened to that, you know, I went to the Legacy of the Beast show and when they played mm-hmm. for the greater good of God, when they played um what was the other song they played, um That was new mean, mm. uh, I mean they they played, played the like, Klansmen. No, I'm talking about older yeah. uh the but they, well, they played the uh, the Klansman, and then they played—I uh, can't believe this is slipping my mind. I can't— the, the, the first song. The, yeah, Sign of the Cross. Well, yeah. they played those three songs. I just remember these guys in front of us, they just kind of—you know, of course, they, they open up with Aces High and yeah. uh, Where Eagles Dare. And, you know, everyone's—but those the songs, they just kind of sat down, and I just thought, you know, you're just—you're more—I hate to say Fairweather fan, because— if someone was a fan during a certain era, that doesn't make them less of a fan. They just, you know, they checked out at some point and they were yeah. more nostalgic. And I saw this, I'll tell you the same thing. Cause I'm, you mentioned Allison Chains to me in mm-hmm. one of your emails. Uh, me and my daughter went and saw Allison Chains. Let's see. I guess it was, I guess it would have been last year when they were touring yeah. for their newest album, Rainier Fog. And it was a lot of, you know, cause Allison Chains was, uh, Iron Maiden's always been kind of popular, but they've always been kind of underground popular, and yep. it's it's a it's a fine balance there. But you know, Allison Chains was big time, and it really annoyed me because I absolutely I don't know if you like the albums that they've done with uh, William Duval the last uh, three or four I think he's done three, Black Is yeah. Way to Blue. The, those albums are fantastic. So when they were playing material off of those, man, I was going nuts. And these, you know, you just see a lot of the fans just kind of standing there like. Okay. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> are y'all gonna play Down in a Hole or Man in the Box or what? Come on. What do, What am I here for? And I was just thinking. Yeah. Y- y'all are missing out. Well,
2: then I yeah. wonder if. It, I wonder if it's more of like kind of like with me when I first started listening to Maiden and when I heard the the new stuff. I'm like, well, what is this? Maybe they're not used to like the newer material just because they haven't been exposed to it yet, or you know maybe they're just more of the snobbier type fans.
1: I just think uh, it's. I think it's um they come to a concert like that to see Allison Chains, and it's, I think it's just more nostalgic. They go. Okay, I love dirt. I love facelift, yeah. you know, and then and I love the uh, EPs and things like that. And I get and I do get that to a degree. I mean, yeah. not everyone. I, I, I talked about that on one episode where I just said, you know, some people just check out at a certain point and they don't really come back, and they still, but they still have those nostalgic feelings, and they're like, oh hmm. man, Allison Changer, Stone Temple Pilots is coming. Let's go see them. Let's go here and play Plus or whatever. And yeah. You know, so I, I understand it, but I just always feel like man, y'all are missing out because some of these bands like Maiden, you listen to, like, say, A Matter of Life and Death, and you think that album came out, let's see, in 2006. 2006 yeah. So go back to Power Slave. Power Slave came out in 84. So you're talking 22 years later, they put out an album that is incredible. 22 years mm-hmm. after what people consider their, you know, one of their greatest albums. Of-
0: yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So and they're probably okay. they're, they're
1: mid forties by that point. Yeah. Oh. 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 No. You figure because you I always figure that they were probably around twenty when they started. So yeah, you're right. You're probably mid forties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, so you said Power Slave and the Flight Six 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 here. All right. So so you said you saw kids wearing shirts to school when you were uh, our maiden shirts, or and you think it was just more to be cool or hip. Well, or whatever? yeah. So
2: like one of my buddies who kind of who kind of. I get well because he was like in a band, and you know we're freshmen, and he bought like I think the power no the Trooper slip-on bands, which were pretty sweet. I'm kind of mm-hmm. annoyed I didn't buy any of those back in the day, mm-hmm. but like you know you kind of do anything to kind of look like you know your stuff to like the upperclassmen, especially since he was in a band, and it was definitely more of like a look than it was actually liking the music. That's funny. Um, and I'm not gonna fault him for it. I mean, who cares? It's been you know 12, 13 years, however long it's been, but that I could I could definitely tell like okay I guess I'm the one who's actually gonna look into this music and you're you know whatever I mean whatever it's fine I guess but sure sure
1: <laughs> that's funny that you mentioned those vans because my daughter plays volleyball in probably two or three years ago let's see sixteen yeah probably maybe even four years ago she was playing on this volleyball team and you know we're at the uh, elementary school sitting in the bleachers watching the volleyball game. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I notice that there's a person sitting right next to me with their feet on the stands right next to me. I glance over, and she's wearing those Trooper vans. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, Sweet. and I know and I know zero people that are, like, yeah. really into Maiden. And I turned around, and I talked her ear off for, like, 10 or 15 minutes. And then at the end of it all, she just goes, uh, you, you, you probably ought to talk to my husband because he's the big Iron Maiden fan. I just like
0: yeah.
2: the
1: shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like – yeah, but uh, but since then, you know, me and that guy became friends. We 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 went and seen uh, the Iron Maidens, the uh, all oh, female yeah, cover band.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they're good. We've seen them. We've uh, we 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 you know we met up at the Legacy of the Beast show last year, and we even I think I even saw him at the at the Book of Souls. That's because I remember that wasn't too long after that, and I remember seeing him there, and we talked just a mm-hmm. little bit because we didn't really know each other that well. But mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, there's somebody else around here that actually likes iron maiden besides me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i i had never i never saw those shoes i wish i would like to get a pair but they're pretty pricey i think if
2: you try. oh yeah them, so. you're gonna spend a couple hundred bucks to get a pair of either brand new or gently used on ebay it's not even worth it <laughs> exactly
1: okay so so you got into iron maiden in the yep. you said late so did you go when did you first see them in on tour
2: oh god you know it wasn't um it wasn't until 2016 when I was out and stationed out in California with the Marines when I saw them. Uh, no, 2017. 2017 San Bernardino. And it was um, the Book of Souls tour. Okay.
1: Okay. Was that, uh, was Ghost opening?
2: Yeah. Oh, so that was the cool thing about that, Bill. It was Exodus opened. So it, it almost felt like a mini festival because oh wow, Exodus started at, I want to say, 12 or 1. And then, you know, a short break and then Camelot, which I'm I'm not a fan of, like, the power metal style. But, I mean, I respect the musicianship because they play pretty crazy. I just, I don't know, it's just not my thing. Right. Uh, Camelot played for probably about 45 minutes to an hour, just like Exodus. Break. Ghost played for however long they they were doing for their opening. And then Maiden played for the, you know, the full two hours or however long they played. And so I didn't get on the road after waiting in traffic forever. <laughs> um, probably till like one in the morning. And I got there probably around 1030 in the morning, 11 oh, wow. to park and hang out with. Yeah, it was oh, a wow. very long that's day on my feet. And I was I was I bought pit, uh, pit tickets. So I was pretty close to the stage. And I. I oh, man, down. that's
1: cool. That's cool for a first time, because the first time I saw them, which things were a lot different in the 80s, because. But I, I think I spent twenty bucks and I had like fifteenth row or sixteenth row tickets mm-hmm. on the Seventh Son of a Seventh Son tour. So, and I just remember being so blown away <laughs> when they when they because they came you know they opened up with the uh, Moonchild, yeah, and come out and and it was, you know because that's a big difference that I've between uh, the Book of Souls album and because Moonchild I mean they ex I mean they exploded onto the stage.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: I've always kind of felt like, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm blanking out on everything right now. Uh, I, I've always, here, I'm going to, I'm pulling it, I'm going to pull it up and look right now while I'm thinking about it. for some I reason think I, know I what you're
2: trying to say. So like the book of souls tour, when, when it started, it was awesome, but it, it, it didn't have like the, the high energy like you were expecting until they played like speed of light. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. They, when they, uh,
1: when they came on stage, you know, and, and it's – it's if eternity should fail, that's what I was trying to – I can't – I don't yeah. know why I couldn't think of that. But, yeah, it's – it's. I mean, it rocks, but it's not like – you compare it to Moonchild, and it's – it's the and yeah, because I've always yeah. just thought the energy level, like, you know, for a different world from, from a matter of life and death, good energy when it kicks in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. I'm going to go – let me look through here real fast. Uh, the fi- And now I will say the Final Frontier is kind of similar, you know, because it, it – you know, when they finally come on, you know, it just, it's not as high, enter- it's not, it's not like super high energy. So, yeah, but you know, it's, uh, it still was a, uh, it was a good show. And, and that's like being close up for a, your first show like that is really, that's really, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 uh, I kind of, uh, I, I, I long for that experience again, because I don't get to <laughs> have that anymore. You know, nowadays, I go, it's yeah. just like, cause I have a, uh, my daughter, my daughter, she's I took my son and daughter to the book of souls. And at that Mm -hmm. point that would have been in 2000, I believe that was in 17 when we saw that. So that would have been, Mm -hmm. you know, my son was 13 and my daughter was like 10. So now my daughter's 13 and she, she went and saw the legacy show. So I, and I like to get a seat. I don't want to like a pit. I couldn't get in a pit. I don't think anymore. (laughs) But, uh, now did you see them on the legacy of the beast show as well? The the tour?
2: Yeah, I did, uh, last year. And then that time, uh, I brought my wife because back in 2017 I was single and by myself. Um, and Hell, I've been to a bunch of concerts by myself anyway. I had no problem, but last year brought my wife. We went to the show in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, it was pretty sweet. We got pretty close, but they were still seated tickets. But I don't know, maybe because the 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 row we were at, we had like this special thing where you could go on uh, on your phone and download like the live nation app or whatever and you could buy beer and food and have it delivered to your seats. <laughs> and it was awesome because like wow we don't even have to leave and we were still real close to the uh not real close to the stage but definitely pretty close and uh yeah it was a great time
1: yeah that was how which show did you prefer of those two of the two you saw
2: um man i have the world's worst memory but uh, I'd say probably the Book of Souls only cuz that was the first time. First. Sure. And it sure, was just yeah. like, oh man, like I'm actually seeing like the guys on stage. Like this is real. This isn't like a YouTube video. Um, and I thought I'd never see them again afterwards cuz I mean, let's be honest, they're getting they're getting up there in age. I think Bruce just had his birthday today and I think it was like 62. So at the time I'm like, man, this might be the only time. And then when I saw them last year, I'm like, okay, this is sweet. Uh, and it was my wife's first time as well.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So now, okay. You said on the book of souls, you said you saw them in California. Did you, uh, I'm yep. gonna break off just for a second here. Did you, uh, did you go into the Marines right after you got out of high school or what? Yeah.
2: So, uh, see, I graduated high school in May of 2012. Yeah. May of 2012. I took the summer off uh just to relax and then i went to boot camp in paris island which is in beaufort south carolina about an hour and a half away uh in september
1: okay okay mm-hmm. that's cool let's see here uh okay now you mentioned earlier that you had went and this it, it was kind of parallel to what i thought of my experience was like a little bit you said you you got into them on bruce era things and yep. you worked, your, you went all the way back to Number of the Beast, went all the way kind of through the the albums with him. You skipped Blaze, which at that, you know, I, when I was into Maiden at first, you know, there was no Blaze yet. So but yeah. um, I went through all the Bruce albums before I ever went back because I heard all the Paul Diano songs. I heard those on live, you know, the ones that were there, I heard them on live after death. So I was I had a really hard time adjusting to him. So you went back to that. Now, have you ever Same, went up actually? <laughs> yeah. Have you, so ever, was, oh. Oh, here, have you ever gotten to where, have you ever listened to the blaze albums, like giving them like a real fair shake?
2: Uh, so real quick before I answer that, cause I was just listening before you called to the, uh, the second podcast you did with, uh, from the lady from Boston. Uh-huh. And, uh, you were at the time before he called, you were just talking about how you had never heard the Paul, Paul song sung by Paul only with Bruce. And I was the same way. And, um, it was Beast Over Hammersmith that 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 CD they did, mm. and that was when I got into the all the old Paul songs. And then when I heard Paul sing them on the studio, I, I almost wasn't a fan of it. It's like, <laughs> oh God, like you have, you know, a young Bruce live, just you know, killing the vocals. And I hear Paul, and it took a while to get used to Paul. Um, and so, anyways, so fast forward to what you're saying about Blaze. I haven't. I mean, I've heard. You know, like "Sign of the Cross," "Future Real," and "The Klansman." I've heard them sung by him, by Blaze. But I never—I've heard enough of the albums through like your podcast when you reviewed them, or Talking Maiden, uh, which is another podcast. Um, obviously, you know about. Yes. So I've heard enough where I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, it's a mix of the production, and I mean, I guess maybe Blaze's vocals because I've heard his his implement- entanglement or however you pronounce that and it yeah. sounds great but i just don't think someone was there during the production process to tell steve like hey like this doesn't sound good because i just think the guitars they don't have any sort of heaviness to them i think the bass sounds really up front but thin It just i don't everything about those two albums i'm just not a fan okay. of okay yeah i um i did a uh
1: i did two episodes well you know, part one and part two of, uh, the virtual 11. And for a long time, I never liked it, but when I, it, it I, I, I think I said, I can't remember where I said this recently, but I know I've thought it at the very least is you take blaze and okay. First of all, you, you lose Bruce, mm-hmm. you know, who is, you know, obviously the, he's the quintessential iron maiden singer. He's the voice oh, of, course, of iron yeah. maiden. And then, so you get rid of him. Then you and now, of course, on on no prayer of the Di- no prayer for the dying and fear of the dark. The style, the albums were kind of. Although I find there are great songs on both of those albums, there the style was kind of they were kind of losing themselves. And so when they get to sign of they get to uh, the X Factor and then Bruce is gone, the yep. style changed. You know because you know there's a lot going on. You hear Steve Harris was going through a divorce and yeah the you know and in '94 '95 is when you know grunge had. I guess if you want to say had already, you know, kind of taken over and had affected everything and mm-hmm. so so you have that and then on top of that you take a you get a guy in there that is nothing that sounds nothing like like you know yeah. singer that everyone loved and and even <laughs> and I think they needed that. You know, I think you know how sometimes uh you hear about um maybe a like a sports team they'll they'll get a they're, they're kind of in a in a rut and then they'll end up trading, and they'll get some new player that kind of breathes new life into the band. Yeah. I kind of feel like Blaze did that with them. Like, they were – like, you had someone coming in, because you figure Bruce was – I mean, all the things I've heard and seen about Bruce over the years, and listening to Fear of the Dark, he mm-hmm. does not sound like he could have been that into it anymore, especially with with, with as bad as a couple, you know, some of those songs on that album were.
2: Oh, I think you could take No Prayer and Fear and take – you know, take some songs from both those albums and make one solid album. What well, I think I, both of those think, albums have too much filler, but I, I, I love no prayer surprising. I mean, put his, the, some of the super harsh rasp out of the songs. I think they'd be great.
1: I, I personally, well, I'm sure you've probably either read on Twitter or, or I, <laughs> no prayer for the dying to me. I think it's a pretty good album overall. It's, yeah. it's it is a couple of things, but yeah, fear of the dark. Uh, I. I well by the time uh, anybody hears this, I'm hoping to have another I've got a second fear of the dark episode that I'm having hoping have it out um, hopefully tonight <laughs> It's just mm, and it's okay. I, t- I take it in a different direction. It's kind of an interesting uh, take I did on it but uh but yeah, uh, yeah th- before anyone hears you, that'll already be out. so I can okay. say that to you. <laughs> Give me the inside scoop for a second there. Um, but yeah i I got into it took me a long time and when I listen when I go back and and listen to the Blaze album. Like open-minded, and and you kind of got to say, okay, look, this guy isn't Bruce Dickinson. He doesn't sound like Bruce Dickinson, and this is the guy that Steve Harris chose for the band. Whatever, I think there mm-hmm. are some really. If you and it took me a long time to get to that opinion, so yeah, you know, far be it for me to sit there and tell you, hey, you have to do this, but you know, at some point you may go back and listen, and you and you kind of go, okay, this is Iron Maiden. It's mm-hmm. just a different, a totally different phase of Iron Maiden, and 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 there is some of the you know the classic sound in those, and I think that. Oh yeah, I think like you, future
2: is a great song.
1: Oh yeah, that should have been the single. The mm-hmm. fact that they they released um oh, here oh, I angel am playing. and
2: the gambler yes yeah, the thing I think they were just known in the studio to tell Steve like hey cut a couple of these songs by three four minutes I think we need to add a little distortion back in the guitars let's let's make everything sound a little bit more open and full and I don't know, I just I think the production bothers me more than Blaze's vocals I think but yeah I know, maybe there's being weird.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember who produced. I don't know if Steve Harris produced those albums, but, you know, they recorded. I think them he did because I
2: thought they did him at his at his like at his house or something.
1: They did. Yeah. His uh, I think it was called Barnyard Studios or something. Mm-hmm. And I think they even did Fear of the Dark there and
2: oh, possibly wow. no
1: prayer. I can't remember. But OK. Um, so now you've been at this point, you've been a fan for going on, let's say, I guess, 12 years or so. Like like where you said 2008, 2009 is. Yeah. Do you have oh. a Do you have a go-to album at this point? Like, do you think, like, if you want to, do you have? An, or, well, let me not, not. Let me say it differently. Like a favorite, like a desert island, desert island album. If you, you know, had one, uh, you got room to take one album with you. What do you want to take?
2: Um. See, oh man, you're not gonna like this answer, just because. Now that I've been listening, to it, well, ever since the last three years, you know, listening to Talking Maiden and now finding more podcasts like yours and, and Wimp, which is interesting. Uh, shout out for all those guys. Not intended. We're gonna. On. We're gonna
1: actually. We're actually <laughs> gonna. We're actually gonna talk about them here in a little bit.
2: I, because of all those podcasts, it's not necessarily opened my mind to all of their music because I've known all their music, but I've gone back and started really deep diving in some some of the albums more than i ever did so i mean i think the classic go-to is always power slave for me but there's so many great albums out there and now that i've really started in the last couple years really hitting them even harder than i ever did it's it's very hard and i feel like it depends on my mood too um of course yeah yeah oh real quick what i wanted to ask you have you heard um iron man's cover of dr doctor i'm sure you have but it was a b-side I have heard Blaze. it. I, yeah, it I has, have heard
1: it, and I I can't find it right now. I have I I want to listen to it more, but yeah, I love the song. The song Doctor Doctor is awesome. It's cool that Iron Maiden uh, covered it too. So, but yeah, it's I've on their heard Best it. of the B
2: sides uh, album if you have that or have access to it.
1: I don't know if I have that. I'll have to i to look that one up again because I haven't because I haven't heard it a bunch. Mm-hmm. So I've heard and it, it a couple a times.
2: Future, oh my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, then it has uh, Future Real uh on it which is a live recording sung by bruce so it's uh they got some interesting mix on the uh, on the album or the it's a two disc album i think
1: interesting. and you said that's best of the b-sides
2: yeah yeah okay i'll
1: have to check that out I'll have to. matter of fact let me let me make a note of that best of the b-sides okay uh let's see here and let's see here
2: but so i mean if i want to listen to Maine, but i don't really care i'll just put every album on uh, on like on shuffle um yeah but i think it depends more on my mood uh i've been listening to a little bit more of the uh more of the post 2000 stuff a little more um i mean i guess that's my best answer it just kind of depends on my mood man <laughs> that's,
1: yeah yeah i mean it's it's, it's like you know, i see a lot of people will sit there and they'll they'll try to say oh what's your top five or what's your top three iron main songs one time and i'm like
2: you know that could so change much. <laughs> and
1: there and there's so many great songs it's it's hard to it's and I don't I always I don't wanna be a go to like the just the mainstream guy, but I mean it's hard to to Yeah for to not say Hallowed be thy name on that, you know? Mm-hmm. But let's see here. I, uh, mean, I will
2: say for as far as new newer stuff, or not really new, I mean hell two thousand five was pretty long ago, but Passion Dale is probably since they since Bruce came back, Passion has probably been one of my favorite songs. So I'm a big oh, yeah. history buff, so I love all their stuff that they you know, intertwine their lyrics intertwine mm-hmm. with history, but dale I think, is one of their best songs they've ever done. Have you ever heard?
1: um I talked about this on my uh, Virtual Eleven episodes, so I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. those or not. But uh, there's a podcast called uh, Dan Carlin's uh, Hardcore History. Yep. Yes. Have you <laughs> Have you listened to? I think the ones that that where he talks about passion is called Blueprint Blueprints for Armageddon. Have you listened to
2: yep. that? Yeah, oh I, I listened to a lot of his stuff, and those those episodes specifically are pretty wild.
1: Yes, I and well, let me ask you this. I'm And and I don't want to. I definitely. I'm not a political guy by any means, so I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Do, does it um, like you hear those podcasts? And and I've never served in the military, but does it? Cha- does does listening to that change any kind of view that you have? I, I don't. I'm trying to think of how to say this. Because okay, being mm-hmm. in the military, obviously, I don't think anybody's pro war. Anybody's that way, but. Does it did it change your view of anything that you may have learned in the military, like listening to those podcasts and hearing those things, or did it make you think, oh, well, nothing's like that anymore, or what? Um, that's kind of a deep
2: question. <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm just trying <laughs> to think of how to answer it. Uh, uh, I mean, so I mean, okay, so I was in the infantry for five years and I deployed, but it wasn't a combat deployment. But uh, specifically, like when I first joined, the ter- 2012 or so, a lot of uh my seniors and higher ups they had they had been to Iraq and Afghanistan and and been to combat deployments. So they'd tell me story they tell us stories and crazy stuff that happened over there. So um so like when I hear podcasts because I i re- listen to a lot of podcasts about or in, in YouTube videos about battles and wars, you can ask my wife. Um <laughs> just weird oddly weird when it comes to like history buff stuff like that. But uh I mean it I listen to like you know his his podcast about Passchendaele and it's World War One was so just over the over the top with tactics, weather, the brutality of it because it was like an old school war with coming of age modern technology. So it was super brutal com- um, compared to anything else at the time. So it's more like, man, I'm almost glad I I, I you know didn't join back in you know 1918 because that sounds insane like yes last yes. thing i want to do is have to sit in a fighting hole while it gets rained on which i'm really good at I'm I've practice <laughs> with that but with a gas mask on uh which yeah. i've had plenty of practice with that too but uh with you know real gas on you and, and just you know drowning in mud like that just sounds insane oh
1: my, i know that when i heard that i just thought that's i mean you know they said that the people would come by and they just say hey You know, like, I can't imagine someone saying, hey, will you shoot me in the head? Will you kill me? Will you end my – I'm just – like, I can't even – like, to think that a person would feel that way, first off, and then to be the person on the receiving end of that, uh, you want me to what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to have a certain mindset to do certain jobs in the military, and I think you – not, definitely wouldn't say brainwashing but you have to come to terms with certain things um, right per job so it's like if you're going to join the infantry especially i mean i i was only i was 18 when i joined so i couldn't have joined any earlier but it was at the very tail end of like some of the heavier stuff in afghanistan but my units never gone so i didn't get to go but i mean we everyone was had the mindset of like all right well i mean things could happen like real sure. bad things could happen but you kind of have to I, I mean, I guess you just kind of have to accept it. One, because you signed up for it, but two, right. it's, like it's kind of the nature of 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 the job, you know, your job set. But did you? Um, I don't
1: mean to be hitting too hard. If I need, if you oh, don't want to talk, I am
2: not bothered by talking about any of this, honestly.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Did, yeah. But did you? Um, when you were in school, did you know you wanted to do military when you got out of school or was it something that you just kind of got there and you're like, hey, this will help me pay for college or whatever?
2: Oh, you know, I always knew. So I grew up in a military family. like um, oh. I was born in Iceland of all places, but it was uh, it was on the on the, the joint base. It was a joint Navy Air Force base out there. And my my dad was in the Air Force. My mom was in the Air Force as well, but only uh, she did four years and uh, she got out um so, yeah, I've okay. always and I've lived in a bunch of countries and a, a bunch of states uh, prior to, you know, joining the Marine Corps. So I always knew I wanted to join. I always was going to join the Air Force. And then uh, I'd say junior, senior year, I lost a bunch of weight and I was trying out for uh, a special operations program with the Air Force. But my eyes, I got disqualified because of my eyes. Okay. and I was like, well, I'm not going to. I'm in this. I've in the best shape of my life. So I was always kind of a, like a fat kid, I guess. <laughs> so I was like, I've lost all this weight. I'm in super like amazing, great shape that I've never been before in my life. I'd, I don't want to waste that by sitting behind a desk or, you know, turning a wrench on an airplane, which, I mean, if you want to do that, Hey, that's cool. But at the time I was like, I've never had this, I've never thought I'd have this opportunity. So I'd, I want to take advantage of it. So, sure. um, so I went to the Marine Corps and, uh, five years later yeah that's that's what happens (laughs) cool cool
1: all right well this was about the halfway point in my conversation with eric so stay tuned for part two of installment three of iron maiden stories to hear the second half now on behalf of eric myself iron maiden eddie and the boys good
0: night